But I really believe that all business people, whether you have a one-man shop and it's just you, or whether you have 50 employees, learning how to reposition your products and services, either for a different market or for a different type of consumer. I've noticed a lot of businesses right now that have done that same thing. The ones that have done it well are the ones that are thriving right now. The ones that kind of waited like this and twiddled their thumb and said, okay, well, this is going to get better. Maybe tomorrow. Okay. Maybe next week. And they just kept treading water. Those are the guys. Unfortunately, a lot of the guys have went out of business. Retirement. That's what we're all aiming at, right? But exactly what does that mean? It conjures up visions of endless days of golf, drinks with little umbrellas in them on a tropical beach, feet up, reading a book. Is that what it's all about? I don't think so. Life would get pretty dull after a while without anything meaningful to do, don't you think? I'm Jackie Doucette, and I'm on a mission to discover exactly what life is like beyond retirement. Join me while I chat with people who've already done it, who've retired to something rather than from something. Let's find out together exactly what's waiting for us when we say goodbye to that nine to five. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Beyond Retirement. Today I've got the privilege of speaking with Mitch Graff, who's currently living in Oregon with his wife Tammy and their three kids. And he's got a couple of dogs, a hermit crab, several hundred guppies, kind of a whole uh, menagerie there with him. Lizard. My son has a lizard or a gecko. I'm sorry. I call it lizard. He says, no, dad, it's a, a gecko. gecko. So that's that's the newest member of our family is a gecko named Opa. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so Mitch is a best-selling author. He's a public speaker and amateur gardener. I didn't really know there was a pro division to gardening. <laughs> <laughs> the only people I sell it to is my okay. family, and even they don't eat sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and he's been a, a serial entrepreneur for over three decades. So, Mitch, thanks for joining my show today. Oh, it's an honor to be here, Jackie. Thanks for the invitation. First of all, um, I'd like to say I'm really thrilled that we're finally getting together because <laughs> our first uh, <laughs> shot at it didn't go so well. I can't believe Zoom locked you out. Maybe, uh, maybe somebody in the interweb knows something I don't know. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But so just looking at your bio a little bit, over the past 30 years, you've had um, restaurants, a catering company, you've got a spice manufacturing business, photography studio, night crawler company, a little bit of everything. And you've managed to publish nine books. How did you find time to have kids <laughs> while you did all that? <laughs> that is the question of the day, isn't it? Well, it, it's kind of, it, it's kind of built into what I've done for the last 30 or 35 years, which is to be self-employed. I wanted the freedom of time. I wanted the freedom of money and mostly time. And I was that guy working 80 hours a week. I was that guy. And what happened is I'd come to the weekends. I'd go in early Saturday morning to try to get some work done. Before you know it, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. You're exhausted on Sunday, so you don't get to do anything fun for your life. And then Monday morning rolls around, you're back at the, the, the grindstone again. And I woke up one day and it literally woke up and I said, you know what? Life is just too short. And I decided I wanted to, and I had had my own businesses before this, but I had never went all in like I decided to in the early 1990s. And when I did, I just said, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to control my time. 
I'm going to try to grow a business. And I knew how to grow businesses before I had started, built and sold several companies before this time. But like I said, this is the first time I went all in and my income was going to be solely based on my efforts, right? And I remember my first business was a, a drive through espresso business that my mom and I bought. And this is back in the day when drive through espressos, it wasn't a thing. <laughs> Starbucks was not on, and Tim Hortons was not on every corner. It was a new thing. So we bought one that actually the guy had tried to do it, had failed. And so we bought a failed 8 by 12 foot box that sold coffee from the windows, which people, again, <laughs> They didn't understand what this was. So within about a two-year period, we built it up to, to be very profitable. We backed out of the business. We hired employees. We got another one. We got another one. We got another one. We built another one. I wrote a book. My very first book was called Marketing Your Espresso Business, Separating Yourself from the Rest of the Pack. And it was maybe 80 pages, 90 pages. But my first order was to Boyd's Coffee in Portland, Oregon, they bought 20,000 copies and gave a copy to every one of their customers across the United wow. States. And that was my first foyer into writing. I had done it in high school and in college, but nothing like this as far as sitting down and saying, okay, I have a message. I have something I want to teach. That's I think of value to people. And I sold a lot of these little books. At one point, I think anyone that was in specialty coffee either had my book or had borrowed the book because it was the only marketing book in specialty coffee back then. Of course, now it's on every single corner. But part of the thing that I've done with my businesses as I've gotten with time is it has to be something I'm passionate about. I love good coffee. I love barbecuing. I have a company called Barbecue Nation and we're in distributors and retailers around the country. We're also, we have Amazon stores. We also have a very brisk website that we sell a lot of products from, but I love barbecuing. I love good food, you know? So uh, right now, it seems like many of the companies that I own, of which there's five, have to do with food. I own an artisan roasting coffee company, two manufacturing companies, both in the food space, have a, used to be a very busy catering company. In 2019, they voted us the, the Pacific Northwest Cater of the Year. Oh. And then this last year, we went to nothing. I mean, it's just, it was the weirdest thing, you know? Not complaining at all, because there's other people worse hit than, than we are, but it just evaporated. You go from almost $600,000 down to like $30,000 because nobody can have weddings. The corporations are not getting together for their, their parties and their banquets and their holiday things. And so it, it causes us to have to pivot. And I know that's a word that probably gets thrown around too much, but I really believe that all business people, whether you have a one-man shop and it's just you or whether you have 50 employees, learning how to reposition your products and services either for a different market or for a different type of consumer. I'll give you an example. My, my coffee company, we sell to hotels, resorts, coffee shops, restaurants. That's our main bailiwick. Well, this coronavirus hits, that dried up. So now we're shipping to Betty Sue in Texas, Sammy in, in uh, North Carolina, Bob in Michigan, so we're selling small bags of coffee to individual consumers who like fresh roasted coffee. And so that was something that we took. Okay, I got the equipment. I got the manpower. We have the product. It's a good product. Let's just go find a different type of consumer to sell to. And so I've noticed a lot of businesses right now that have done that same thing. The ones that have done it well are the ones that are thriving right now. The ones that kind of waited like this and twiddled their thumb and so, okay, well, this is going to get better. Maybe tomorrow. Okay. Maybe next week. And they just kept treading water. 
those are the guys, unfortunately, a lot of the guys have went out of business. Um, like in the restaurant space, they're saying 60% of all the restaurants in the United States are going to be gone by the time this is over. You know, Portland, Oregon is 40 minutes from where I live. They're saying between 70 and 80% of the restaurants that are up in that area, just gone. They're just they're gone. I mean, they got mortgage payments. They have insurance. You just can't continue to carry that debt load for forever. So that's just a very, very sad thing uh, to hear. The good news is there's opportunity for anyone that wants to get into business. And if you have an idea, you got a passion, maybe it's just a hobby and you want to turn it into something that you can monetize, you know, a little side hustle you know, is, is a good word for it. This is a perfect opportunity. There's more people jumping into the entrepreneurial space right now than in any point in time in our history right now. I mean, millions of people going out on their own and, and it's scary, right, Jackie? I mean, you know, it's, it's not yeah. easy because we have to risk, we have to risk money, but most importantly, we have to risk time. Um, you know, I have a philosophy, I call it the 24 seven mentality. And to me, 24 seven, well, everyone has a definition, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. My definition is 24 hours a week, seven months a year. And so for the last 20, 25 years, this might sound strange, but I really have set my mindset of, okay, what do I have to do to be able to work 24 hours a week, seven months a year, and have the rest of the time to do with whatever I want, whether it be to build a business, to scale an existing one, to take my kids to the park. What do I have to do? And what that requires is you to look at your systems and be very efficient at the systems in your business, whether it be manufacturing, shipping, customer service, retail, digital, it doesn't matter. You need to look at all the systems in your business, break it down to the smallest number of pieces, and then you rebuild your systems with fewer moving pieces. I mean, it's a pretty simple process. It just takes time to say, okay, what is taking all my time right now? And I, myself, uh, this is, you probably do the same thing, Jackie. It's the 80-20 principle. I call it, it's the 90-10 principle. 90% of our results are derived from 10% of our efforts. Pareto's principle is the 80-20 rule, but we basically have to identify the 20%, or in my world, 10% of the high-valued activities and then do those things. Yeah. <laughs> and then work backwards. Okay, the other 90% of the things that I'm doing during the day that aren't bringing me much results, I need to find other people to do yeah. that I need to offload it. I need to eliminate it. Maybe you don't even need to be doing it. Um, or maybe it needs to be automated, you know? And so to me, those are the guys that are thriving right now, whether it's a, a small business or a big business, the guys that are rebuilding their systems, making sure they're spending their time in the high valued activities and then offloading everything else. Um, and that's going to be the way that entrepreneurs, entrepreneurial space is going to operate for the next umpteen years. It's a new world out there. It's never going to go back to the way it was. It's a new normal and you have to adjust or you die. That's kind of a, a low point to end on there. You've got to adjust or you die. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> it's been nice talking to you. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where people are afraid of the word entrepreneur and the amount of riches that it brings you, the amount of freedom that you get, and yeah, the money is is there because you have to know how much you have to make in order to buy the lifestyle that you, that want. you want to have. You know, you got we all have to design our, our lifestyle first, 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 first. And then you reverse engineer to figure out what your business blueprint has to look like. 
And I believe that's true in any industry. But the way it's it's taught today is you build your business at all sacrifice. You You give everything up. You give your family, your time, your weekends to build this beast to a certain point where you can spend more time building it, building yeah. the beast. Yeah. And our life is short. I lost my father this last yeah. year and I already had the, the, the belief that every day is a Saturday because I, I have this thing in my head. When you wake up on Saturday morning, don't you feel different? Yeah. It feels different because you got all day, you got all night, you can sleep in the next day. Saturday is an Island unto itself. It, you feel different. And so I've always approached it like, okay, I'm going to approach today, which is Tuesday, like a Saturday. I had a Hawaiian shirt on until about an hour ago until one of my dogs came in with mud and got me all dirty. Otherwise, I'd be wearing a Hawaiian shirt for you, Jackie. Um, Anyway, yeah, that's a roundabout way to get to your answer. But uh, there you go. (laughs) So with the with the idea that you're doing only the important things, I I actually I had another guest who talked about the same idea. Um, He called it the. Picasso work being that you know it's it's you're the artist and there's certain things that only you can do and those are the things you focus on and you let someone else do the other stuff it's hard sometimes to do that Um, it is hard because we like doing we we're good at things and so we think we have to we have to do them we confuse the fact that we can we know how to do something with having to do something you know I call I call it the time value pyramid Every business has minimum wage jobs. You know, down here it's 15 to 20 bucks an hour. And that's what a minimum wage employee is going to make, 15 to 20 bucks an hour. There's a lot of tasks that those people can yep. do. Uh, and the next level is about $50 an hour. And those were managers day to day working on sales projections, making sure there's trained employees, all those kinds of things. And then there's the $500 an hour uh, responsibilities, which is where you and I need to spend most of our time. And where any business owner needs to spend their time, the future vision of the business, how are we going to grow? Where are we going to find our new customers? Working on the master marketing plans and all those kinds of things. And yeah, maybe some of it isn't fun, but I always tell people, if you don't like to do something, that's okay. Either learn how to do it and do it well, or find someone that can come in and help you. If you don't like to sell, then don't sell. Find someone that can sell for you, you know? One of the things that you, uh, that you say is that you like to work smarter and not harder. And the idea behind that is that you get to spend more time doing what you want to do, doing what you enjoy doing if you're working smarter. Um, without, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot. Uh, can you give an example oh, of okay. something that you've done differently that than most people would do it and how that worked out for you? That's a really good question. Uh, I'll give you an example. This is, this is a product. It's called the Barbecue Nation Magic Dust Everything Rub. It's a nice little concoction, like eight or nine herbs and spices. We do a really brisk business with this on our website. It's on Amazon. You can find it in retailers. Well, that takes a lot of effort to have retailer A, retailer B, retailer C. It takes three different communications with those businesses. You got to ship to three different locations. You got to have a salesperson call three people, right? And a lot of times it's four or five, six phone calls to get to the buyer. Well, one of the things that we've switched this year is we're going to be shipping to distributors. So we're going to have four distributors in the whole United States, four people that we have to deal with. They're going to order. And yes, we have to, we have to reduce the price. We have to give up some more margin, 
but then they deal with all the customers. You know, there's 12,000 hardware stores in the United States and more. They get to do that. We just have to deal with our, our, our distributors, making sure that we take great care of those people. And that's something I consider being smarter, not harder. It's hard work doing retailers one yeah. at a time, one off. And so we kind of pivoted away from that and it's freed up so much time. And again, we gave up some of our margin with price, but we made up for it with all this extra time. So guess what we do with this extra time? We built other products. So we have a whole new line of Barbecue Nation spices coming out in about three months because we freed up some time by offloading all the work from this one little baby product. And it's just, I mean, it's a rub. There's lots of rubs out there. It's not any, it, I think it's special, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's just a rub, but we decided to sell differently. And that gave us that freedom of time. Nice. Perfect example. It was almost like you, like yeah, you planned it so, right there I mean, on your desk and everything. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I got so many things on my, my desk. I have a, there's my newest book, Business Basics Bootcamp. I got my cigars from Thompson Cigars. You never know when you want a nice cigar on the back deck. So, uh, yeah, my desk, the things that I need to deal with today are just within hands. I have a, a to-do list every single day. I make it before I go home. So before I leave today, I'll have my hit list for tomorrow. And I always tell people six. The magic number is six. Don't try to do 19 things tomorrow. You know why? You're not going to be successful. You might get through the first two and then you go, man, this is too frustrating. And you're going to give up. It's just like New Year's resolutions. I'm going to lose 40 pounds. No, I'm going to lose one pound this week. Make that your goal. And then once you get that first week, okay, I'm going to lose one more pound this next week. And that's how you are successful at building a business or accomplishing personal uh, things like New Year's resolutions and weight loss programs and exercise programs. You do it one bite of the elephant at a time. And I think that's part of one of the reasons that a lot of businesses might have a tendency of biting off more than they can chew is they try to do too much. I want to get to a million dollars in sales this year. Well, what does that mean? How much per week? How much per day? How much per hour do you need to generate? And then that becomes your goal. That becomes your target. You can manage that. How much do we got to generate this hour? $512 this hour. That's a lot more easy to accomplish than we got to do a million dollars, guys. Come on, let's go million bucks. Uh, and a lot of business people, I think, think have that mentality of, I'm going to do a million dollars this year, but they don't break it down in the smallest details. I think that works, <clears throat> excuse me, for the, uh, the would-be entrepreneur as well, someone who's just starting out and trying to do something. Oh, yeah. they're, they're getting involved in you know, five or six or seven different ventures all at once thinking, well, I've got to you know, have more than one hat in the ring kind of thing. And you've got to have more more things to do because that's going to make stuff work better. But what it really is, is just spreading your time a little bit too thin. And if you focus on one thing and do it, then you have time to focus yep. on the next thing. So I'm going to say something that might sound counterintuitive because it is. I own five companies. I have over 25 different products. Like you mentioned, I write books. I got a new book coming out called Customer Services Dead, delivering six-star service in a one-star world. That takes some time. So I have like 19 different irons in the fire right now. But in order to focus, you must do less. And I know that sounds, like I said, counterintuitive. But when you have more than one thing that you do, you need to make sure that you put a block around your mind. It's like, it's like a, a, a virtual tunnel vision that you have for your brain. If from 5 to 6 o'clock, you're supposed to be doing 
item X, you don't do anything else. You don't answer your phone. You don't look at Facebook notifications. You don't look at YouTube to find out a dessert recipe for dinner tonight. You stay focused on the task that is in front of you. And when that task is done, then you go to the next thing. And I think that's one of the things that we all do that makes us inefficient is we're, we're on a task. Like if I'm writing and my six-year-old daughter comes in, I can't tell her no. It's a home office, right? I can't tell her no. My, and she's the princess. She's the, my little angel. She comes in. Well, we spend two minutes snuggling and I love you. And she goes, it takes me 10 minutes to get my mojo going to remember what I was writing about. And so I always recommend to people, you, want, you might want to do more than one thing. That's okay, but make sure you compartmentalize. I call it the pod system. From 8 to 10 today, it's phone calls. From 10 to 11, you're doing you know, social media. From 11 to 12, you're doing X. And make sure you do not allow yourself to be interrupted. Otherwise, the next day is going to come, and you're going to have the same to-do list, those same six yep. items on your to-do list. Um, and six is easier to accomplish. I mean, that really they've done research. It's called the Ivy Lee method. You guys can Google it, Ivy Lee method talks about doing just six items a day on your to-do list. And if you don't get to one item, that's the beginning of your list for tomorrow. And it makes it easier to be successful on the day-to-day. I think uh, along with that, your your pod system, you've obviously got a calendar and you're la- labeling it out. As you say, you know, eight to 10 is this, 10 to 12 is this. <clears throat> Maybe you squeeze in, you know, 15 minutes someplace to go cuddle with the kids. Oh, sure. Uh, you've got to put that in. Sure. And that is part of the, the the benefit of having that time freedom. And, you know, I decide uh, two rules. Number one, you hire people around you that are smarter than you and then stay out of their way and let them do their job. That frees up that time for you to have the freedom of saying, okay, I want to build this business a little bit more. I want to go maybe do a passion project. I had a passion project this year. I've written music for the last 30 years and it sat in a box. Most of my songs sat in a box for 25 years, just gathering dust. I'm not a singer. I play some guitar, but I wrote some songs way back in the day. Well, in the spring, I had some time. So I hired the best voice I knew. I went and hired the best studio I could find, the best engineer I could afford. We went in the studio and spent a whole day recording 12 songs. And I now have an no album. It's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> it's, yeah, way, way. It's hilarious. Uh, and actually, it's selling pretty well. It's because the guy's voice is just so sultry and beautiful. His name is Nate Botsford. But if you just go to Google and put in Life's Journey, that's the name of the album, um, you'll, it's, it's, it's on all the major platforms. But that was just a passion project. I had some time because I was trying to be efficient with my work responsibilities so that I was able to say, okay, i got this extra time. What do I want to do? Well, this is on my bucket list. Well, it used to be on the bucket list. I checked it exactly. off this year or last year. And now i got new things for this year that I'm going to accomplish. So that leads me into, you've got a, you've showed us a couple of things. You've got a lot of different products on the go. You've got your um, business basics boot camp. You've got your um, podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about the new things that you've got that you're sharing with us? Well, uh, yeah, this is from last year, this book here, and it's done quite, quite well on Amazon. Uh, it became a bestseller early on, but this has got, it's 300 pages. So this is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> it's got lifestyle design, time management, branding, sales, marketing, pricing, and social media. So I call them the seven pillars of business success. And this really is for a, a beginner or someone that is within the first couple of years. It's, it's basic, base, business basics bootcamp, the ultimate crash course. So if you are looking to get into business, whether it be online or a brick and mortar or a service industry, 
I can highly recommend uh, this book. It's called Business Basics. Again, go to Amazon or go to anywhere you find books. They're in bookstores as well. But my new thing, and I think this is probably the most important writing that I've ever done. Uh, I believe that service has went to heck in a handbasket in our country. It was happening already before COVID. We were trying to automate everything and phone centers and reduce the, the, the length of the call on customer service so you get your bonuses and all this kind of stuff. But what I found is that there's companies out there that are not just doing the five star, but they're going above and beyond. They're, they're worthy of a six star. And so what I've done with this book is I'm trying to identify, okay, what can you do as a one-man plumbing shop or a 100-employee uh, health center? What can you do to deliver six-star service to your customers so they will not only come back as a customer, but turn into a fan? You know, and that's really the ultimate goal is how can we take our customers and turn them into fans so they'll go on the highest mountain and yell our praises and sing, and sing as loud as they can at the top of their voice tell their family and friends and coworkers. And now all of a sudden you have this exponential growth and all you've done is taking care of your customers. How simple is, is that, right? Sense. So it's <laughs> common sense, but common sense a lot of times is left out of the business yep. blueprint. It really is. We, we, we start talking so much about products and services and all our features and benefits. No, 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 no. List to what the customer wants, figure out a way to give that to them, not just meet their expectation, but exceed it. And so this book, it's coming out here in a couple of nice. months. Uh, you can pre-order it now on Amazon. Customer Service is Dead, Delivering Six-Star Service in a One-Star World. Those are my newest uh, newest little mind, mind dives. I spend my early mornings, I get up at three or four every morning. In those first two hours, it is blocked off. It's a pod, and that's Mitch time. I listen to podcasts yeah. like you do, and I write. I read books. I'm reading a book right now called Mike Rowe, uh, As I Heard It, or The Way I Heard It. And that's a great, it's funny. It's if you like Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs, he's a phenomenal writer. And it's just a little lighthearted. I don't have to think too heavily. The chapters are little stories. And maybe five or ten minutes, you read a story, you put it down, come back in a couple of days. You don't have to remember where the plot was yep. because each story, each couple of pages is a new story. So uh, and that's those those first two hours of the day. It's just Mitch time. Because as a 58-year-old and a 12-year-old body, <laughs> I have a 15-year-old, a 13-year-old, and a six-year-old kid. I started late in life. I did the business building, the big-time business building when I was younger. And now I want, I want that 24-7 lifestyle. And I can hear it now. There's people out there working 60 hours a week. It's like, I can never get down to 24. I have a job. Well, what if you could take your 60 hours? What if through being more efficient and delegation and automation, you take that 60 hours and get it down to 56 you just revolutionized your life. What if you get it down to 50 hours a week? Hallelujah, amen. Your lifestyle has been completely flipped upside down. And now you have 10 hours a week that you can do, you can work miracles with. That's magic. That's special sauce right there. You can reinvest it into your business, invest it into your children, into your wife, into a passion project. That's where the magic happens is when you can figure out ways to be more efficient, you know, work smarter, not harder. And when that starts happening, you get the mojo going and the head of steam up, nothing can stop you. That's a way better spot to end. <laughs> I like that. Whole... <laughs> <laughs> yes. much, I agree much with more you. <laughs> 
So if anybody wants to reach you, um, I guess the best way is your website, powermarketing101.com. Yeah, powermarketing101.com. And you can, you can my, my uh, radio show podcast called Business Edge Radio. You can listen to the hour-long episodes there. You can also listen to the 60-second episodes. So, yeah, we do coaching. We have a thing called a hot list where it's books that I believe need to be on your bookshelf. And you just click on hot list and there's a whole bunch of books, not just business books, books about happiness, uh, books about, there's one called The Art of War. It was written 2000 years ago, but it talks about how you can position yourself and win the battle before the battle is even fought. And that's great for strategic thinking for any kind of business, you know? And uh, so there's a whole bunch of fun things on there. Yeah, powermarketing101.com and check out all the different resources. Fabulous. I think you've given uh, the listeners a whole lot of uh, clues on where to go. And there's just, you've told them so many things. Um, I think the most important thing is probably to work smarter. Look at, look at what you're doing and see what you don't need to be doing. Life is short. Yeah. Life is precious. You really need to spend the time doing the things in life and with the people that mean the most to you. Because life is fleeting and fragile and it might be gone today, tomorrow. It might be us that's gone. It might be one of our loved ones. And the worst thing in the world is to have a regret that you didn't do something because you were working. You were building the thing. Well, the thing is always going to be there. As long as you're making the income to buy the lifestyle that you want and take care of the people that, that mean the most to you. Life is good, that's right? It. Life is sa- every day is Saturday that that's way. It. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mitch. It's really been a pleasure. Oh, it's a pleasure, Jim. It's a pleasure. Thank you. And that's it for this episode of Beyond Retirement. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I hope you enjoyed it. Are you ready to start rocking your retirement? Head on over to www.beyondretirement.ca forward slash rocking it and sign up to plan out your own roadmap for retirement. Don't wait till it's too late.